days are getting shorter. We're edging towards fall. As time passes in my life, I find that this time of year, I don't know, it's less and less my favorite. But here we are. We're in the shed. We're going to talk about anything but that. So don't worry, it's not going to be just massively depressing. It should be fun, in fact. Come with us. We're going to talk, right, boys? You guys going to talk? We'll talk next time. Well, this was an intro, so, you know, who knew why you would say next time? Yeah, I can't wait till we talk this episode. (laughs) Jesus. And as you can hear, I'm getting all the help I always treasure so much. So here we go. Yeah, okay, so um, I'm going to buy a new phone in the fall, you know, once the new iPhones come out. I got an iPhone 11. It's feeling slow. Battery's not great. I'm going to buy a new phone. But I'm the one with the newest phone. I know. And normally I'd wait five years, but... I want to make sure and get past you quicker. No, well, seriously. I, I'm not sure I'll know who I am if I don't have the newest phone in the shed. That's how you identify? Yeah. Yep. I'm phonialized. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, we're going to, I'll buy a new phone. <laughs> unfortunately, can't be in time for our New England trip, I don't think. But which Ooh, is That is bad. actually unfortunate. Yeah, it would be nice to have a nice no kidding. camera yeah. on that. So, um, but you got an 11, sorry. I, I have an 11. That's pr- still pretty good phone. Policy is every four years. Yes. It's a good phone, but sometimes when I'm keying an address into ways, I'll key in three digits for of the number. And then five, 10 seconds later, you see the three digits key mm. in and there's just certain things just seem to get sluggish all of a sudden. Man. So anyway, so, um, I realized in the past that the, the, the first thing when you order it online, it says, do you want to use your Apple card balance? Cause I have an Apple gift card mm. account. Uh, and the reason I do it is because every three months or so Superstore has a sale and you can buy them for 10% off. So it's just kind of a practice that I do. So wow. everything, you know, our monthly Apple charges are 10% cheaper. So this is just the long game, Man. the long game. So Sue says, Hey, n- another sale on, do you want me to buy some more? And I look at my balance. I still have like $380 in my Apple balance. I said, buy 500. That's your max, right? So I'm, Sue I'm buys. suddenly uncomfortable, a little bit afraid. You you got a bunch of stuff going on under the surface here that I. There's a lot going like, on. What else is going on? You got any AR-15s in the house or anything? You wouldn't know what stuff is yeah, pinballing like, around what I'm saying. my brain it's, at any moment. There's roiling waters under the surface. So she buys 1050s. And, you know, they got the great big long receipt, you know. Yeah, yeah. One yeah. line item for each of the $50 cards. And then you got all the activation codes that yeah. happen, you know. And those show, like, for serial numbers ending in these four digits all the way down the line. What activation does is at that moment, then that the code inside the card can be used to add yeah. to my Apple account balance, right? So now Sue brings me home a stack of 10. And I always kind of enjoy this thing, you know, I, I, get, I get a little factory going, you know, so pull out 10 Apple cards. Some of them are kind of hard to pull out. And one of them, the little pull tab seemed to be already pulled a quarter inch or so. Ooh, yeah, a little loose, but then it started pulling anyway. And then some of the cards didn't, you know, Apple takes great pride in these things just working, right? Some, a couple of the cards were hard to tug out of the envelope. And one of the ones I just basically tore the envelope carefully open and the card would come out. All right. So then I do my next part of the factory here, which is to go on into mu- the music app and the redeem button. And it says, do you want to use your camera? So you press use camera. You start holding these cards up one at a time. You get a rhythm going. Hold the card up. goes, bing, $50 has been added to your account. Click the use camera button, hold the next one up, bing, and you're just getting going. I did five of them. The sixth one said invalid code. Uh oh. And my first thought was, I'm doing this so fast, and they're just going, let's not allow anybody to do more than five too quick. Could be a bot. You know, I don't know what it is, but I said to Sue, oh, and I tried a different one, and it said invalid code. And I said, I'll let's wait 24 hours. And then I started Googling invalid code Apple card. And what I quickly hit upon was people who had problems with their Apple cards, not crediting. And then quickly what it says is there's a serial number on the outside of the envelope. That's the one that the store scans to activate the card. 
the same serial number, at least the last four digits, are on the inside of the, the card as well. Those match. The code that I key in or photograph for Apple is a different code altogether that's not on the outside of the card. And it turns out that the code on the envelope and then the serial number on the inside of the on the card should match. Right? And they don't. So of the five of the ten cards, five had the correct serial number on the outside and the inside. Five had different serial numbers. And so Sue said, yeah, I grabbed maybe a group of five from one and another three from here and another two from there. You know those displays. They yeah. got a whole bunch yeah. of cards in there. And so we're pretty certain what happened was people come in, they grab, say, five of the cards, stuff them in their pocket, or grab a bunch of cards, who knows how many, stuff them in their pockets, head home, very, very carefully remove the strip and pull that card out and then put a used card in and then re kind of glue the strip, but it has to be the kind of glue that would anyway. And then every day or every couple hours or whatever, they start checking because once the card they stolen is activated from the envelope, they can use it. Uh, And then the scam is to instantly buy iPhones or whatever. And then you can deactivate that Apple ID, get your phones clear out of Dodge. Anyway, I called up Apple, set up a callback for this morning, 11 a.m., and I talked to them, and they were just so professional throughout. I've always had good luck with those guys. I'd already taken photos of everything, and uh, he says, I'm happy to see how I can help here. And he had me read out serial numbers from all five cards. And I said, oh, by the way, the cards have been shuffled, so I'm not sure which card went with which envelope. He says, doesn't matter key is that they're different from each other and so he had me read out all the numbers then he had me send in the photographs I did all that and then he said okay now I can connect you with the senior person so then I talked to Alex oh by the way when I was reading in all the serial numbers he said okay envelope number one so I would write envelope number one I'd write, mm. write one on that envelope so I got all anyway I had to take new photos with the ones and twos and threes and fours and fives a photo of all five card fronts, all five card backs, all five envelope fronts, all five envelope backs. And then the receipt I'd already prepared by Photoshopping three columns because the receipt was like two, mm-hmm. feet, two feet long, literally two feet long. So he had me said, that's fine, but also take one photo of the entire receipt because there's going to be level three is going to look at it and they're going to want, oh, they don't want some Photoshopped version of the receipt. So. Anyway, sounds like we're going to get our 250 bucks back 24 to 48 hours from now. Oh. One of the most fascinating parts of that is try to imagine the number of iterations of this problem that they went through before they landed on the process you just described yeah, yeah. to validate yeah. that you're not a bad guy, right. basically. Just exactly. Like, Dino, what a that's detail. That's a scam as well. Like, yeah. how do they... How do they figure that out, right? Just uh, the whole thing with all those pictures and writing numbers and math, like, whoa, they must have really been down the road a few times. Here. Right. And one of the things is this Apple ID has existed for, what, 15 years now? Yeah. It's a longtime customer, and they can probably just have a summary of this guy's bought so much stuff off this, right? Boy, and that's the, um, the The scam guys who were stuffing the envelopes and stuff, yeah. did you find that on the internet? Yeah, so that, that that whole bit, a part of that is me extrapolating how it would work. So I don't know for certain. Oh, and did Apple say anything about why this happened or? No, they were all business and just have, just go through the process. Oh. Okay. Um, if I started chatting with them, hey, well, so what, how does this scam work? Yeah, I don't know if they'd really want to talk to exactly because yeah, yeah. how does this scam work? I'm thinking I could go down and cash in yeah, this action. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, first thing is you got to create fresh Apple IDs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but Jeez. Uh, anyway, listeners, I think that's way too long just to warn you that when you are buying Apple gift cards, or I think this would apply to pretty well any gift card, maybe open them one at a time. And as you open it, check to see if the serial numbers match on the outside of the envelope and the inside of the card. Who knows whether other gift card providers have the same process. Yeah. They probably do because, again, that whole business would be 
Like, you know, they got to struggle with uh, employees. You yeah. know, they got to struggle with returns. That you know all that. So they and it hurts the brand. Do. Like oh, if you wait. buy someone, yeah. oh, you know, it's your birthday here at work. Here's your Starbucks card. Go help yeah. yourself. You know, like how bad is it for the brand if it doesn't work? Yeah. Or. Mm. You know, here's your card, and and uh, I hope winter in Thompson isn't too bad this year. And they go back to Thompson, and then find out the cards don't yeah, work. You can't yeah. just go to your handy apples. Now, mind you, you did this over the phone, so no big. But yeah, I had it to does hurt the brand. Yeah, I had to do an appointment. I set it up last night, and then yeah. Sheesh. Mm. Well, anyway. good. You're getting money back. Kind of interesting. And yeah, so we'll we'll get. I'm pretty sure we'll get our money back. Twenty four to forty eight hours. I often think these things, it's such a pity that we can't harness that ingenuity, that inventiveness, that creativity of those scammers, of all these scammers to do something yeah. else. Like, can we not give these guys jobs? You always just wonder about that. Like that. It's up? like the criminal mind is really bright usually. Well, those guys are, yeah. Yeah. And burglar they, guys, maybe not, but those guys, quite often. Burglar guys probably to not get caught, you got to, yeah. you got to be pretty crafty, right? Yeah, and it's just, it's too bad because that This is why we can't have good things. Yeah, nice things. Yeah, the old, is that a meme? I don't even know for sure what memes are. I n- had never heard that phrase until like five or 10 years back. Someone kept yeah. saying, this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going, what? I believe I had heard it in private life before, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it's 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 the kind of thing that a parent would say. Yeah, when you when you break that expensive electronic toy that you were given, yeah, and you immediately drop it in the toilet. This is why you can't have nice things. Yeah. It's another way of saying you're a damn idiot. KJ, how many snappers do we have? We should do them now. Fandangle. Now, is this Fandangle Ellie? Ellie, yep. Because I immediately thought Fandango, which I don't know what that is, but it seems like a dance or something. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you do the Fandango. No idea. A Fandango? You don't have any idea? Fandangle. Dangola. Yeah, I have no idea. I think it's just a flashy, cheap decoration. Oh, really? I think so. Okay. That's a guess. I'm not really too certain, but I think that's... I've definitely heard it before, but... Mm. I think it's something like that. It might just be another word for the dance. Do the fandangle, thunderbolt, yeah, lightning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I will. I'll go. A piece of nonsense or foolishness. Trinket or or ornament. It's a noun. There you go. So PJ, you got it right. Close. Pretty close. Yep. Well Trinket. Done. Trinket. But it could also ornament. be a behavior. It could be a piece of foolishness. Itself. Yes. So. Yes. You get involved in running around and doing a bunch of stupid crap that you should never even started. You could say, well, I had an extensive fandangle this afternoon with the stupid lawnmower parts. I thought I could get Uh, them at Dairy Queen, you know, something like that. Or what kind of fandanglery is Buddy up to now? (laughs) Really? Come on up, fandangle. Okay, next one. Monopsony. And stop this one-way slide towards monopoly and monopsony. M mono P S O N Y. Monopsony. Yeah. And stop this one-way slide towards monopoly and monopsony. Yes, that's interesting. That's a clue, right? Yeah. It is indeed a word that's similar in nature to monopoly. Yeah. Yes. But the, what we have to guess is what what it actually P is. Yeah. And p- nopsony. So I think it means, I'm going to just go way out and guess that it means group think, you know, monopsony. You're, you're only seeing the one thing. You're only thinking the one thing. Nobody is thinking outside any boxes. You're all thinking and seeing the same thing. Okay. That's. Yeah. Guess. Yeah. I could see that. I think it could be that. I, I think monopoly is an economic term. Yeah. Yes. And I, because of that sentence, I'm going to say monopsony is an economic term as well. Okay. And, uh, you know, what's the term when two or three companies, oh, duopoly is, is like when two companies, I wonder if monopsony is generic to mean a small number of companies have control of the market. M- maybe. I just went or with it. Or the opposite of monopoly, which is only one customer, many suppliers. 
And then that customer has a lot of power. They can set the price. Just like in a monopoly, the seller can set the price. That's what I'm going to go with. No, because the in the sample thing, you're sliding towards it. Mm-hmm. You can't be sliding towards two completely different things, monopoly mm-hmm. and monopsy okay. by that definition. That's a good point. What do you got there, KJ? Uh, RJ is right on the money. Oh. A market situation in which there is only one buyer. Yes. Well done. Oh, yeah. Way to go, RJ. So, <laughs> yeah, you are bad. That's excellent. I totally. And stop this one-way slide towards monopoly and monopsony. Yeah, we'd have to hear the rest of that sentence yeah. to know why they decided to combine them. So maybe it's just one seller all there for one buyer. Well, that would be something, wouldn't it? Uh, only, that's only one seller, only one buyer. How do they negotiate? They probably yeah. one buys the other company and they're done with it. That's excellent on your part, though, mm-hmm. man. I that I would have never gone. It might have come up in economics in in the seventies. Yeah. Uh, nice. Yes, and that's what it says, economics. Yeah. It, under the title economics, it is a word under. I took economics in the 70s, but I had a great deal of difficulty remaining conscious. <laughs> I took it in the 70s from BCIT, and I got top mark in the class. <sighs> and then I went to SFU, taking night school, and I wanted to take something there. I, I think I was thinking of going into business, right? Anyway, um, they said, no, we won't honor the BCIT oh. thing. So I took it. There were a hundred students. I got top mark in that class as well, Ooh, but nice. that wasn't what I was proudest about. What was it? There's a woman that sat next to me and after, after the lectures, she would ask me, what did he mean by this and that? So I'd explain everything. She got the second highest mark in the class. <laughs> nice. Very good. Jeez, that is something to be proud of. <laughs> I was so proud of you that. You should be. That's a good, that's an excellent thing. Yeah. No, I took it at college from an instructor I remember to this day. His name was Larry Brown. Not the same Larry Brown that runs my old guy hockey team, but Larry Brown. And he was by far, like no comparison to any other instructor I've ever had, the most monotonous, dull, boring speaker ever. I actually used to think he did it on purpose. Yeah. (laughs) Because you'd get three or four guys clearly asleep every single class, everyone. Oh, So hard to deal with. I had the opposite of that at BCIT, a guy named Peter Durkee. Oh. And he was a little bit politically incorrect, I think. He said some kind of shocking things, I think. I can't remember what they were, but he was so good at at teaching. Yeah. 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 Larry Brown was awful. Peter Durkee, my favorite thing that he talked about is the balance of trade. Oh, Because everyone yeah. wants to have a positive yeah. one. And he's going, no, a negative one's good. You know, if you can just send the money, like if you can pay Japan for cars, you're giving them pieces of paper. They're giving you real cars. <laughs> he goes, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he further explained that, you know, it turns out that Canadian dollars are not really useful for anything other than buying Canadian goods. Yeah. So, you know, so it's just going to circle back. It's just that if there aren't a lot of good Canadian goods to buy, then it'll devalue the Canadian dollar. So anyway, going into that kind of stuff is really interesting. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't take an economics course. Monopsony. Oddly, not a qualification required for stage actors. Is that what you're saying? What the hell? I mean, come on. Maybe it's because I've never played an economist. Well, I don't know, but that quote you gave us sounded That's like it. something from a play. Ah. Oh, yeah. These words cross your transom somehow. They do. I'm not sure what a transom is, but I'm sure that they crossed it. (laughs) It's the back of the boat where you attach the motor. Okay. It is. Uh, It might also be the podium type thing. Transom light. Transom window. That's at the back there. The back. So in the back of the old ships where the captain's quarters were, they, they had stern windows and his cabin was in the stern. Yeah. But that is the transom of the ship and hanging outside would be the transom light to allow other ships to see you, right? And that also threw light into the captain's cabin. Nice. It's transom light. It, so is that how something that comes across your transom? Well. How, where's that saying come from then? Well, I don't know. I, I don't think I've really heard it, but it would be cutting across your stern. And honestly, in combat for those ships, the killer diller move was to 
cut across somebody's stern or transom at 90 degrees and just fire every cannon you had because it would go the length of the ship. Yeah. Like those yeah. ships are wildly reinforced from the side, but from the rear where the, all those nice windows were, cannonball will go right through the ship and it'll just wipe out gun crews like nobody's business. Yeah, just yeah, makes yeah. a tremendous mess. So I clearly was completely misusing that because the, the term is over the transom. Yeah. And a no. transom is a lintel or cross piece over a door. Mm. Yeah, um, because that's go. what a transom window is. Over oh, a, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I stand Refers to the idea of a writer t- tossing a manuscript through the open window over the door of the publisher's office. <laughs> Come on, really? That's pretty specific. Yeah, no kidding. Would that happen six times? Throwing it into the editor? Or, yeah, you, or got, the, you got the transom and there's a window over the top yeah, of the door. Yeah. And so it's an open window in the old days, I suppose. And he throws the manuscript over the top to to, to the editor. To get it oh, published. Oh, so the editor says, to, this to crossed the, my to transom today. Yeah, I guess so. That's Alternatively, a transom is the nautical term for the back of a small boat. Small boat. Something which came in over the transom would have suddenly entered through the back door of the craft, metaphorically. But I I kind of buy into what you're saying there, PJ. It probably also has to do with cannon shots. And stuff. I don't know. I just know that <laughs> raking somebody, raking somebody across from the stern is was that's the killer dealer move. Last one. Lay it on us. Listicle. Mm. L i s t i c a l e. I know this one 100. percent I do oh, not you do. at all. What is it? Yeah, they're they're super cheap to make. If you assign your junior reporter, can you do a listicle for me on? Oh, top five uh, folding chairs. Yep. Yep. Uh, 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 50 ways that people are wrong about things they think they're right about. Uh, you know, you've told me this before too. And it's a I listicle. It's super easy to do. You just kind of start Googling and you go number one, such and such. Oh, so it, it actually is part of a list. It's an it's article a, that's conformed. It's really right. just a list. And they're apparently just the cheapest and easiest to produce. And yet they're interesting. I find myself clicking into it. Yeah. Even, even though you have no idea how those were put in that order. And, you know, sometimes you get the sense that they're just a, a random list. Yeah. And other times they're do top 10 and they're, yeah. you can tell. And you tend to buy it even though you don't really know how they establish yeah. the order. Yeah. I think you have told me that, but I totally forgot it. It's a piece of writing or other content presented wholly or partly in the form of a list. Yep. Excellent. A recent BuzzFeed listicle called 21 Pictures That Will Restore Your Faith in Humanity. BuzzFeed. That was the that was what I was searching for. That's their thing. BuzzFeed's got a million low-paid people who just grab stuff and just present it as a list. Oh. They'll often, oh. The BuzzFeed will often grab it from Twitter too. Someone will tweet or on Reddit, someone will say, hey, what was your favorite movie of the 60s? And then BuzzFeed will just steal from that and say, 20 top movies from the 60s. And it'll just be grabbed for free off Reddit. They'll, they'll even credit. They'll say Reddit user such and such said. Oh, okay. Because I see those lists in the bottom right corner of a lot of my sites, right? Yeah. My news sites. There's yeah. these, oh, um, clickbait, I think it's. Yeah, and well, some of those are like that. But BuzzFeed is kind of their mainstream, low-budget type stuff. Okay. Somebody on my Facebook feed said, listen to uh, Steve Miller's Joker, the Joker, mm-hmm. and check out the symbols. Like, just oh, listen to the symbols. Oh, and I was always, I thought, okay. And I did. Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the gangster of love. Some people call I, I me watched it on YouTube, so the, there are subtitles. And you guys can listen to it. In the subtitles... In the song, the lyrics are, and he spoke of the pompatus of love. Some people call me Maurice, because I speak of the pompatus of love. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Pompatus. Yes. Yeah, I always thought that was a made up word. So did I. It, it is, is not, I take it. I read that it was made up. I don't know. And I read that Steve, <laughs> Steve Miller himself said it was made up. Oh, okay. Aha. 
he needed something that just fit nicely. Yeah. And it really is appealing. Like, it's just like, yes, of course, the pompatus of love. Yeah, it know? sounds yeah. like a thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, when you said cymbals, I, I immediately heard C-Y-M-B-A-L-S, like cymbals on a drum. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How does that relate to pompatus then? Well, well, it's just that I saw it while oh. while this guy said, oh. check out the cymbals. Oh, so and you I, finally, I, I, you saw the lyrics finally. I just saw the lyrics and I, I thought, <laughs> I've never seen that word before anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And the cymbals are, well, you guys listen to it on your own. And listeners, you do that too. Yeah. Some call me the gangster of love. Okay, so you listened and you heard the symbols and you didn't think much of it? Well, I, I, I noticed that they're unique, but I didn't get what the whoever suggested listening to, like there was something important. Uh, I didn't. I got it. Maybe, yeah. maybe that person was a drummer. Mm, but, maybe. I mean, I, I, if I remember, actually, after I hear this episode, I'll probably go and listen because the album is phenomenal, right? You just think these, these albums, they came along. There'd be a couple of year that were of this kind of level back in the seventies. Just phenomenally good. That wasn't fly like an Eagle. Was it was not. No, that uh, came maybe one album after the Joker. Yeah, that sounds right. That was one of those rare situations where people in Rosslyn were into Steve Miller band before he was kind of known for this stuff. Yeah, the um, uh, Renis and Bobby Ellis, those guys yeah. were big into them because I just loved um, that YL Anthology. Anthology, yeah, yeah. Which was already um, a compilation. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, so I listened to Fly Like an Eagle nonstop all the way from Rosslyn to Calgary. And back again. Oh, oh, how? Why? I had an eight track that I bummed off Mike Renison. Oh, the album. Okay. I thought you meant the track. No, the okay. album. Okay. Eight well, track that's... that I bummed off Mike Renison with only mm. one. You get to know tape. it pretty well when you do yeah. that. I used to know every word of that yeah. old the album. Uh, um, what's a nonce word? N O N C E. Well, that's a good one, too. Well, we've heard the term for the nonce. Pompatus is a nonce word. Coined oh. by Steve Miller oh. in his hit single. Because I was going to go with nonsense. Nonce. Yeah, I think it must be the same Thinking word. Thinking right? is a nonce. It's kind of a foolish nonsense. A nonce word. Yeah, I was going to say invented, but maybe it's more like a nonsense word that. Yeah. You know, I think Lewis Carroll did a lot of those yeah. in the. Yeah, yeah. Twas, and those. those was Brillig and the. Do you remember that? Yeah, Briar. In the slimy toves. Did yeah. Geyer and Gimbal yeah. in the Wave. Uh, and the right. Borogroth's outgrabe. Yeah. Think, something like that. Hey, Sarge. Jeez, that's way back there in about grade nine, 10, somewhere in there. That was so great. Wiktionary. Those books were so Wik amazing. Wiktionary. Uh, yeah, so the first thing up on, when I put in pompatus is one who is pompous or splendid. And then it says nonce word, pomp, ostentatiousness, or spectacle. The etymology first used in the lyrics of Steve Miller's. Intermarice. What, so are the words take, it's a real word? It's now? taken a little bit of a life. I mean, all words have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. So I guess what they're saying is it now has taken on this meaning. It's like disgustulate. has to start somewhere. <laughs> Announce a word, a word invented for the occasion. Non-finite, non-finite of a verb lacking grammatical person and number attributes. Yeah, so if you want to start a word, all you need to do is sell like 100 million albums piece of cake and and invent a word in there yeah that makes sense just in that little tiny little context yes well done gentlemen i like that one yeah okay next one is i'm going to spell it t-r-e-b-u-c-h-e-t-e-r-s trebuchetors trebuchetors Trebucheters, trebucheters, mm -hmm. and the sample is: If two trebucheters fall in love, do they have a fling? Jeez, oh, that's a bad joke. That's a terrible joke. Well, it's sort of like it. It, it gives us a hint that I, it's about that it's related to trebuchets. Yeah, trebuchet. They're, they're the guys who run the trebuchet. Yes. What is oh, it? Oh, I didn't realize that. They're what the guys who crank the arm down and put the big flaming boulder into the cup. And then release it, and it flings the flaming boulder over the ramp. That's what a trebuchet is? Yeah, it's that thing with a giant counterweight. 
Oh, right. And you basically right. haul it down with guys pulling on spokes and, you know, tremendous stress. Or, you know, the other one is to put the heads of your enemies uh, yes. into it and fling those mm. over the walls on into fire. the city. Always a fave. <laughs> on fire, yeah. <laughs> that's why that's a terrible joke. If two trebucheters, that's how you pronounce it. All in it. love, do they have a fling? Do they have oh, a fling? see, I didn't even get it. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's... I don't know if you... Pro- I thought you pronounced it trebuchet, so I don't know whether you pronounce them tre- trebucheters or trebucheters. Trebuchet. It's trebuchet. It just ends in E-T. I'm talking about the trebucheters. It would be pronounced trebuchet. <laughs> okay. Huh? All right. Nice. Come on. As, as you will. Okay. Oh, and I only huge. learned that word trebuchet only maybe 10 or 15 years ago. I'd, you, I you know, know I know it'd show up in your Horatio Hornblower. It would have showed up in other, it would have showed up in other historical books where they're talking, you know, like, uh, El Cid. Journeys through Bookland had El Cid in it and yeah. he. Okay. El Cid, of course, being an ancient, uh, Jewish comedian. No, he <laughs> just really bad. He worked the uh, the Catskills, I believe. He was super popular in the Poconos. El Cid was popular in the Catskills of Spain. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't, it was not Charlton Hestoon either. He played El Cid in that movie, I oh, think. Okay. This would be the penultimate installation. Stochastic. Mm-hmm. S-T-O-C-H-A-S-T-I-C. I think we covered this one already. Did we? I think so. RJ will know it. I forgot. The stochastic motion is an anti-sniper feature. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, stochastic is the fancy word for random. And so a stochastic motion would be unpredictable. Ah. And a sniper feature... Um, can you say the sentence one more time? Oh, I know where it's, uh, the, the stochastic motion is an anti-sniper, anti-sniper feature. Yeah. So you're moving, you want to move around in a fairly random way and it comes into play in foosball as well. When you're defending against a shot, you want to move in a way that's not predictable. Stochastically. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's how I dance. Stochastically. <laughs> we never know where he's going. <laughs> Maybe it hasn't come up, but I was holding forth to you on stochasticity. <laughs> Ah. One day, and it has to do with the flipping of the coins. I think I, I think it was in here. Well, I know you knew it, but I couldn't remember what it was. There's a professor of stochasticity, and she would have her students go into a room and fake a hundred coin flips. And, right, and then the other group would go in with a real coin. You did talk, about and she it could easily here. tell which the real coin yeah. flips are because they don't look random. The ones that look random, they're definitely not random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people can't bear to do more than three heads in a row. Yeah, in real life, it happens all the time. Yeah. You know? Just so oh, fun. I know where this came from. I saw some little headline about AI something, and we talked to this Swede or Norwegian, that sort of racist, brilliant guy. <laughs> They're not racist. That's totally racist. You're just saying that Swedes are brilliant. That's right. Yeah, like That's what? Right. Next, anyway, we talking about how much he, I was fascinated, and he talked about slaughterbots. Do you guys know about slaughterbots? No. Is it S-L-A-U-G-H-T-E? Yes, yes. And it's little bots, like this big. And there's this, oh, this is there's a website, gross. I think it's called Rust. It's a movie making, uh, an offshoot of this company that makes um, a lot of music videos. But they do these very interesting, uh, socially, they, they just question things. And it's this guy presenting like at an Apple new phone Steve Jobs on the stage, he says, well, the slaughter bots, he doesn't call them that, but this bot comes in and you, you're watching this bot, this big, the POV. This big meaning about six inches tall? This big. A couple inches, okay. This big. And he comes in and he says, there's three grams of uh, explosive inside that little thing. And what it does is it attaches to your head and it goes, Doop! And so these things can just go around and kill whoever they want. And if somebody, this is f- some sort of fantasy, but I assume that they can be made closely to what this video was presenting. Okay, so right? slaughter bots. See. And if you, somebody is maniacal enough and rich enough, they can just, they use the example of going into a university and, and killing certain i think there were certain people like maybe with an ideology of some sort anyway the guy was selling them actually like at a ted talk almost and this is what the video was 
so again, subtitles, and I saw Stochastic. Oh, I could see uh, David Cronenberg making a movie where these little slaughter bots attach themselves to your forehead and inject the explosive right into your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the check it out. Slaughterbots and Rust is the film company. And oh, there's some other interest. Oh, so they actually made a movie like yeah, that. a little short, yeah. Okay, got it. But of disasters that could happen in the future because of technology and artificial intelligence. And I think Oh, right. So right. this guy, I'll find the link to him. Really smart guy about artificial intelligence and the good things that can come out of it and the awful things that can come out Mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, for sure. So we'll just, we'll put that on the website somewhere. All right. We will put a link in the show notes. Kind of fun, isn't it? Skinny just to sells itself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And the last one is a lead L E D E. Yeah. Don't give us the phrase because that'll tell us. I didn't even have a phrase. There is a phrase. BJ, you know this one? No, I think it's a term from editing, you know, typography and editing. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, not typography, but yes to editing. Okay, what is it then? So the lead is the main most important fact that you can get out of an article. And, uh, you know, in theory, you should open with it because that helps your reader know what you're really getting at here. But burying the lead, which you probably have heard of. best, yeah, I... All I've heard all of that before. Burying the lead. Yeah, you know what that is. That's that's yeah. where the, the most important fact, you got to get to the third to the you last wade paragraph. Through a bunch of trash. It's really frustrating. But when you hear it, you think, oh yeah, the lead, right? L-E-A-D. That's exactly yes. what I was yes. thinking. But when you, when you read it, it's L-E-D-E. And I just yeah. didn't know that. I always assumed it was L-E-A-D for all those examples you gave. Yeah. Good and advice. I guess I did look this up. And they changed spelling. It actually is lead, L-E-A-D, but they changed it so it wouldn't be confused with lead. Oh, that makes sense. I did not know that, but that totally makes sense. Which like, is which is fun because why'd they stop there? There's so many of those things. Yeah, there's a lot of them. But I mean, if you're reading it, burying the lead means, oh yeah, we don't want to get people have lead poisoning, so we'll get it down <laughs> underground, right? Get it out of the way. But I mean- the, and, they, and they didn't apply that change to all the rest of it, right? There's lead and lead is used, spelled the same way. These are homonyms, are they? Yeah. Why didn't they? Well, that, they're not well, even homonyms. They're the is, exact same spelling pronounced differently, right? I think it's specific to editors and publishing and newsprint. Like if you're talking about other words, they didn't have any use for the other words to change like the other homonyms to change so they gifted us with l-e-d-e for their convenience yeah the editor yeah. comes into the room he's chomping on a cigar every time right yeah. and he says well what's your lead right and then when they're when they're referring to it in writing it sounds like he's saying what's your lead i guess they're just like the context maybe there's a context problem and that's nutty though to me good one i learned something perry white i believe yeah absolutely and that's the end of Gigi's uh, <laughs> Nevers. <laughs> but he's happy about that. All right. Thanks. Those were good. Now, what were we, there was a thing pending for us here. Yeah, listeners in an ancient episode, can't remember which number, a friend of the show, Susan, came in and asked us, she gave us an assignment. Right. She right. said, dogs, I'd really like it if you guys would watch Barbie and then report on it. That is right. And if I recall correctly, she had fulsome praise for Barbie. Just she held off kind of at our request. I kept saying no spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. But yeah, did she say it was a great movie? Oh, I think she said she thought it was one of the best movies ever made. Oh, okay, okay. She yeah, was I really forgot that. I just knew that yeah. she she wanted us to review it. So two of the dogs here have, so PJ and me have gone to the theater and watched it separately. And so we're now going to do a review. And all I got to say is it's impossible to do a review without talking in detail about the movie. Yeah. And so listeners, you can uh, use your uh, chapter markers just to skip this segment. Okay. Well, see you guys. I got to go. I'm not going to listen to any spoilers. Oh, so kidding. Okay. I'll forget it. I fully You'll forget bought. it all. I By the time it's on streaming, there. right? That's fine. Because when it's on streaming, I'm going to watch it again. Why? Because that's one of the funnest movies I've ever seen. 
That's my summary. Is that enough? Yeah. And that's a wrap. And then my prediction is because PJ, anytime someone heartily recommends a movie that immediately dials it down about three points out of 10 in his mind. It really does. It's a, then that is a true and very unfortunate thing. I don't like that that happens, but when I hear any movie really, really praise to the skies, invariably I don't enjoy it as much as if I had just encountered it. Yeah. And part of it might've been that I'd forgotten that she praised it yeah. really. I, I thought that she was just genuinely interested. I already knew there was a feminist tinge to the whole thing. And so I, yeah, I, I was more thinking more about what would Susan think our reactions would be versus what they actually are. Or did she have any preconceptions? She was just curious. So <laughs> um, I'm, I'm fascinated by the whole thing anyway. So you thought it was really, really good? I could not more heartily recommend a movie to go out and see. Haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. There's a whole big thing made out of both movies getting released on the same weekend. In fact, when I was walking up the stairs to take our seats, I just picked out a random person in the audience and said, this is Oppenheimer, isn't it? <laughs> and they just laughed right away. So I guess they, they knew the whole boy, thing. Rich. <laughs> Way to go. That's why you're on the team is that uh, seeding of whimsy. That's fun. <laughs> That's really good. See, and I probably wouldn't have got it. I was aware of the thing, but if some total stranger said that to me, I'd say, oh no, this is Barbie. I would just fully not. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, visually the movie is just spectacular. Yes, that I like hardly if you, agree. If you want to use that term eye candy, this is where yeah. to use it. It you, is. If you've seen the preview, you're going to get what you see on the preview in terms of just awesome visuals. Yes. Spectacular. That is true. And it was really true to life, too. I didn't play with Barbies, of course, because I didn't have them. And I didn't play with G.I. Joe either, although I desperately wanted G.I. Joe. You know, somebody's sister would have them and you could see how they moved and what their limitations were mm-hmm. and how their clothes fit yep. and how their hair was always just a tangled ruin after about three days. <laughs> you know, like they just, if you ever played with them, they were destroyed, right? And the movie reflected all of that really well. Oh, the, so well. The movie did such a good job. A lot of stuff with the way their plastic bodies didn't work or did work and what they yeah. looked like. Like at one point, one of the characters lies face down with their legs rigidly together and their arms rigidly down at their side and their face just on the floor. And and for them, that's just a natural position, right? They're not concerned at all. There's a lot of those kind of, I did really enjoy a lot of that. It, It was, and it was full of it. And they showed all of those toys that you remember seeing advertised for Barbie in the catalogs, right? Barbie's summer dream house, Barbie's car, and the scale was all correct Fantastic. too. It was really, they must've spent just a ton of money on yeah, And listeners, if you're curious and you, you haven't decided to watch the movie, at least watch the preview because you get a total sense of that from the preview. Yeah. Especially the scene where she comes, like she's in her Barbie dream house, right? On the second floor. And then she just drops down to the first floor. You don't see a kid's hand, but. There might as well be a kid picking her up and putting her down on the floor. She comes down on the floor. She's not wearing any shoes, right? So her feet are in high heel shape and they stay in high heel shape. (laughs) She lands on the floor. It's just all of that. That that uh, was, I really like the um, concept of parallel worlds. Yeah. So. So from a plot perspective. Yeah. Maybe maybe explain that. Well, so basically in, in the movie, there's the land of Barbies and all these Barbies exist as seemingly independent entities and they have a social structure and they do nothing but sort of Barbie stuff all day long. They, Interesting things. Like they go beach. They're doctors. Yeah. Well, no, Ken's go beach. Yeah. Barbies are doctors, lawyers, yeah. gardeners, firefighters, firefighters. They go on vacations. They're just all awesomeness. Ken's go beach. Yeah. They're just at the beach, right? Yeah. Barbies are mermaids. Yeah. Just like- <laughs> Ken's just Ken. And they throw in Alan. Oh God, that was really and funny. Alan's a real bo- doll. Alan was a real doll. He was Ken's friend and his, the pitch from Mattel was he could wear all Ken's clothes. Yeah. So in every scene that Alan appears, something he's wearing is ill-fitting. Always. <laughs> really funny. And he's 
really, really uh, sensitive to the fact that he's an outsider. Well, I wouldn't want to do that. You know, he's just, he's, he wants to not just be an extension of Ken. It's pretty funny. I'm just uh, opening uh, and, up the cast list here because as we talk about these people, the acting, the actors are phenomenal, right? Yeah. Obviously, Margot Robbie is the main Barbie, which is what we call stereotypical Barbie. She's, yeah. in a way, she's the classic, right? She's the original Barbie. But who played Alan? I can never remember this guy's name. Everyone will know his name except yeah. me. Michael Sarah. There you go. And Michael's. he's a great cast to be Alan. He's sort of nerdy. And uh, overly sensitive. But the thing that killed me is all his clothes fit badly. Just so <laughs> stupid. It's his only reason to exist. He's able to wear Ken's clothes and he can't. They just look terrible on him. But they had this parallel world thing. The Mattel guys were aware that it existed. And they were aware that the Barbies had to stay apart from the real world. Because the whole draw of the Mattel business manufacturing Barbies is the way they lived over in Barbie land, right? The roles they played, their existence. And if the Barbies began coming into the real world, they would be destroyed as a commercially valuable product on sales. I mean, one day in Barbie land, Barbie, they're all dancing. There's a lot of musical numbers in this, although not as much as a musical musical, but they're dancing along. And one day Barbie says, uh, have you ever thought about what it would be like to die? <laughs> like, just everything just stops. The piano player stops playing, right? And that's how it starts. And she's wondering what the hell, like, what what caused that thought to go into her head? And someone says, "You better go talk to Weird Barbie." Yeah, right. And Weird Barbie is played by Kate McKinnon, and she's phenomenal. I didn't right? know who that was. So the yeah. thing about Weird Barbie is exactly what you were talking about, yeah. PJ. The Barbies after. Depends on how rough people were with them, but you know, they, they talk about the kids who like to, you know, light the hair on fire or mark, mark up their faces with marker and, and they become weird Barbie after a while their legs get broken and stuff. So weird Barbie's played by, and she's the one that actually understands this stuff about the real world and the Barbie world. Right. Yeah. I've heard reference to the board of directors. Mattel Corp. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is cool because Mattel funded this movie. They yeah. okayed the movie. They were, I don't know if they were a hundred percent of the funding, but they were in it and they gave artistic freedom to, to they, Greta Gerwig. They right? knew they couldn't lose with this deal. And right? the produ- by the way, the producer is Margot Robbie. She's the main producer. Right. Greta right. Gerwig's the director. Yeah. And I've only seen three Greta Gerwig movies, but that's pretty well all she's done other than maybe minor stuff, but uh, they're but, all good. But big? Are they like... Well, um, the first one was Lady Bird, which okay. was an Oscar winner. That was winner. a great movie, yeah. actually. And it had uh, Tracy Letts played in there, and it was a really good movie. And Saoirse Ronan, she played Lady Bird. Uh, oh, yeah, and also for Roseanne, Roseanne. Not Roseanne, but the other woman in Roseanne. Anyway, she did that. She did Little Women about three years ago, a modern Oh, she version. did that, too. Yeah, she did that. I liked that a lot. I don't think I saw it, but I heard it was good. But this one was the best of all of them just because I like laughing. There's a lot of, a lot of funny, really funny stuff in there. If we were going to talk about, so like, you know, they, they, they had, they made points about emancipation and about women's true role and about freedom and personal liberty and stuff like that. And, you know, of course, Barbie does end up going into the real world. And because it's the only way, because things are askew. Yeah. She's done the rift in time and space of the Barbie world. Just that one thought that came into her head, things are going to go dark in Barbie world. It's not just her, right? Oh, oh. So she needs to fix it by going into the main world. And I'm not yeah. sure exactly what her goal is in the main world, but. Uh, I can't remember either, but I remember being very struck by one of the big messages in the movie was that it is difficult to be female and Barbie epitomizes some of that because they're expected to be everything. They're expected to be beautiful and they're expected to be great mothers. Oh, that was another fun character, Midge. Midge got pregnant. <laughs> Midge, pregnant Midge is there. Another uh, lone outcast in Barbie land because Midge was Barbie's friend. And Midge not only got pregnant, but I believe she had the growing, Midge grows up 
if you raised her arms, her breasts became bigger. And that was a real thing with the toy. So Midge is there as a loner. Yeah, but yeah. they talk a lot about, you know, all the contradictions that women have to deal with in terms of what people expect you to be if you are a woman. And I just thought, well, that's pretty old hat, I thought. Like, that's not a new revolutionary thought. I don't, I hope that wasn't supposed to be the big redeeming value in the movie because I, so. I thought it was just old hat altogether. Yeah. In fact, it's something that I've kind of forgotten about. Yeah. But they, I think they go through a number of gyrations. I mean, at first in Barbie land, uh, the women have all the interesting stuff. The men have really boring roles and there's, there's nothing, right? So Barbie heads to the real world, but Ken tags along with her. And so now when he gets the real world, Barbie's of course expecting everything to fall into her lap because that's the way it is, especially if you're a woman, right? And Ken's just like starting to notice what? Yeah. Like all these, all these men, there's, there's women administrative assistants at, at uh, Mattel Corp, right? And they go fetch coffee and stuff. And yeah. So the he's, real he's world liking is... this, right? Like, this is cool. She, she so, wanted to know what I had to say. And so while Barbie's busy, Barbie has to stay in the real world. Ken heads back and he manages to transform society back in Barbie land. And the men are just, they got all the houses, right? They took over the houses. And, uh, so it's all very fun. Yeah. They make, they make the real world, the mirror opposite. So in the real world, the men have everything. Will Ferrell is the chairman of the board. Yeah. Nice. And, and they they're have, all, they're all guys. There is a woman outside who's a secretary. Yeah. And then there's a woman also who is the one who invented Barbie, which is based on a real person who invented Barbie and yeah. just fantastic all the way through. And uh, yeah, I didn't feel, uh, any point was I being hit over the head with heavy messaging. And so that's kind of a choice that you make, right? Like, do you yeah. believe that this is something that they really want to impress you with? I suppose there would be a viewership who haven't really viewed the world in this way and maybe might be, it might, might be a revelation, maybe might be a revelation, but there is the thing like when, when Ken swings it the other way, um, Barbie comes back and fixes it and swings it back towards the women. Now, now the men are screwed again. And so and, yeah. you know, at, at the end of the movie, there's a little bit of a reconciliation. Hey, maybe this can be all of us together. Yeah. So then they, they, that felt like an act of desperation to me in that movie because they suddenly realized, well, you can't just flip them. Because now you're you just changed oppressed groups basically. Well, no, I mean it's a it's a it's a well scripted movie. I, I'm I'm sure that they knew it beginning ten before they Probably. started filming. So, yeah. and who wrote it? Did, did, oh, who wrote did it? Robbie, Margot Robbie produced. That's a good question. Who is who are the key writers? Because it's because awesome. I thought I thought she had a whole ton to do with it. Maybe she was one of the writers. She did because she didn't intend to star in it, but. Yeah, they that. put her in there because <laughs> she's perfect Barbie, right? Like, and because you're going to forget it by the time you watch it, just one of the funniest, funniest moments is at a certain point, they're talking about how Barbie, the sparkle has gone out of Barbie. She's no longer the beautiful, exciting Barbie, you know? And so we're looking at Margot Robbie's face, right? And they're saying these words and of the voiceover comes on and says, Hey, don't think it's lost on this, that this is a extremely stupid line to have in a movie that stars Margot Robbie because <laughs> they're basically acknowledging that she's still looking amazingly good. Right. <laughs> so that was funny. Yeah, that was. That was. I like that. They just suddenly step in, you know, God's voice just comes in. Hey, look, okay. So that's a dumb line given that this is the actor. Ah, written by Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Right. And that they, was, they were the production guys at the beginning. I believe they're a... They are a partnership, those two, a writing partnership, maybe. Well, like I say, they got credited at the beginning as producers, right? You know, that beginning, they always have a something, something production. So this was a NB and GG production in oh, association with da, da, da. Maybe, but the produced buy list is just four people with Margot Robbie. So they don't, they don't include Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, but there's always like five production companies listed yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. They're one of them. Yeah. Anyway, it was pretty fun. I'll say that. Highly recommended, but if you're the kind that doesn't like spoilers, then don't bother going. The other thing too, there was a lot of musicals in there. We've already wrecked it for you. Yeah. There's a lot of musicals in there and I, I am not a lover of musicals. So I found myself not paying much attention 
to the musicals. I just didn't care that to much. The, to the, the song and song dance, and dance numbers. numbers. Yeah, yeah, I just didn't care much. I thought they were great. Some of them were pretty funny, but I didn't. Eh. Yeah, I even had a little, you know, my eyes teared up a little bit at the end, you know, some of the stuff. But th- that was really just playing on heartstrings. It wasn't, I wasn't tearing up because, oh, they've made amazing choices. It's just that it was a nicely done movie. There were those emotional moments, largely to do with uh, the character who invented the Barbie, I think. Mm. And uh, I love that. She's, she's stuck away in this that room. It's just all that stuff appealed to me. It's, did you stick around then for the credits? I think so. Yeah. Did you see the real Barbie costumes come flying down? I think so, so yeah. Yeah, that was awesome because those were actual costumes. Yeah. So we were talking to Glenn and Mary of Victoria about this movie, and the next thing you know, Sue kind of heads away, and she comes in the kitchen table, and she opens up her Barbies. <laughs> and it was so awesome because there was, you know, the Barbie with the wrecked hair. Yeah. You know, and Hannah had Barbies and had no interest in them. Yeah. So those were in pretty good shape. Um, Sue's old Barbies, there were all the ones that Sue's mom sewed. Oh. And then there were the ones that we had the catalog That's and right, said, Sue says, see that? that? That's this one. I had to beg mom for yeah. for a year before I got that one. So it just came out. And then you there's a, a shoe box, miniature shoe box. You open it up and there's little pieces of paper, kind of cardy like paper. And it, it's got one of the Barbie character's name and an address. It's a letter that Sue made. Sue made a whole bunch of letters and they would get mailed to the Barbie house, right? Whoa. And they had the Barbie name on it. The address was Sue's house. Wow. Sue's house's address. But it had the Barbie characters. But, but it was the actual it. address of their house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So she made all these miniature letters. And then there's there's the closet. There's all these costumes. And Mary was just going nuts because Mary had Barbies too. And the two of them just went at it for like half an hour. And anyway, it was pretty... I forgot Pretty, people did that. They made costumes for those things. Yeah. Like, because they didn't want to buy them. Right? Yeah. If you couldn't afford to buy them and if you had the skills, you know. Yeah. You'd, uh, all in a all, a lot good. of shoes. <laughs> 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 and then, oh, Sue showed us, here's fake Barbie. Like the, because they were short on money, right? So Sue asked her mom for a Barbie. And finally they bought some third party manufacturers and like Sue sees it and goes, Oh, that's not Barbie. <laughs> right. And then, so I don't know how many months later, maybe it was the next birthday. She got a real Barbie. You know? Wow. So they tried to slip one buyer. Well, that's you fun. know, that's what it is kind of like when my dad got me the bike and it was a used bike. Yeah. 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 It wasn't the kind of bike you, I wanted. Right. It's the same thing. I don't know how my parents managed to communicate t- to me in advance, you know, like, they would tend to know what you wanted. Well, no, but in that, in the case of say GI Joe, I knew I was never getting a GI yeah, Joe. I yeah. think my dad just said, "Nope, not happening. Not doing that." And I had zero interest in it. I thought GI Joe was the coolest thing ever, but oh, I never got okay. one. Okay, I had to stick with the little plastic army guys. Yeah, and that's what Glenn had as well. Glenn said he 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 had the green army. Yeah, guys. yeah. Oh, and and the bike, you know, was never going to be a Mustang. Just, I don't know how I knew that, but I really? knew never was going to oh, be a Mustang. man. Not happening. You were deprived, man. No, I got all the stuff. I just didn't get the stuff that I wanted all the time. Yeah, right? I'm That's saying all. you were deprived. I just wanted to be cool. Crushing your dreams. Yeah. This starts to, this starts to explain some stuff. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to, we can't talk about this anymore. I'm going to tear up. <laughs> just think who I could have been. Teddy Wilshire of Rossland had I used to go to his house to play with G.I. Joe there. They were awesome. When you shot him and he fell off the top bunk, he'd hit the ground in a realistic death pose, as opposed to the little plastic army guys who just bounce. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it would have been awesome if he had a G.I. Joe and kept it, because then you'd be yeah. able to bring it in and show it to us. Yes, right? but I didn't. So. Yeah. so is there a G.I. Joe movie in the making? It wouldn't oh. surprise me. I thought they'd already done G.I. Joe to death, only not in this clever way. Yeah. But you got to wonder, like, that's what we were talking about after, you know, like you look at all these superhero movies, they're franchises. Well, didn't Barbie take in one 
billion dollars. Yes, it did already a month ago, probably. So yeah. the Mattel Corp must be thinking, oh boy, here we go. What's next? Okay. And so think panel, of all those toys. Panel. Okay. Can you think, or what would be your prediction? Would you, if they did another Barbie movie, would you go see it? Well, I would, just because I enjoyed the first one so much. Yeah, I don't think I, I would. Mean, I mean, if I the feel... reviews came in and said it's a disappointment, but think about this. When there's franchises, the second movie is frequently better than the first, yeah. and the third movie sucks. That's usually how it works. Yeah. I just feel like it's a one-trick pony. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Star Wars, the list goes on and on. <laughs> Cause then, and then you think, okay, obviously that's all I can think of. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Cause you always say that to emphasize, I don't have anything else. Um, you know, like my pretty pony, they already did a whole whack of cartoon and yeah. yep. stuff. So you sort of, how many toys yeah, are there? It was animated. Yeah. But, sort of low rent. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, with, um, technology, these days in film, they can do all sorts of... Yeah, it's kind of like saying, well, they already did Batman in the 60s. Fair. So yeah, it's yeah. the same idea. Yeah, right? Fair like answer. They can, yeah. And actually, I'm just going to say this too. To their credit, these guys didn't go with special effects in this movie. I don't think that I recall very much. It was like actors acting like dolls, yeah. which I thought was really kind of cool. They, they, they did A lot of that was really well done. Like at some point, Alan goes to jump a fence and his leg just won't go up high enough and it won't <laughs> bend and he ends up, he tries it about four times and he just has to run around the end of the fence, about three feet away, he just can't jump it. That's why I want to go watch it again because all those details, there's a lot that you're going to miss, yeah. right? That I, I'm sure that I missed a lot. Like, yeah. The I pink mean, Corvette's awesome. I don't even know if it was a Corvette. It was that just was a, a pink car. Corvette. Yeah, it's her car. It's a Corvette. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It even says Corvette right on it. I think there was a licensing thing. Uh, that. I don't know. Anyways, pretty good. I I would not go as far as to say, like, it's not going to change the world. I don't think that movie, I don't think it has a message that billions of people need to hear immediately. But like nothing a, does though. Like there's no one thing that causes people to change the way they think about gender. No, but are there one things that causes people to change the way they think about, uh, acquiring diamonds from South Africa or, you know, like there are movies that do, they sure. become popular Yeah, and then it becomes popular to espouse whatever values the movies present. I suppose so. Yeah, like the China syndrome, I think, yeah. you know, it'd make you think more yeah. about nuclear energy. And, and I'm not used. too sure this movie will do that. Well, because feminism's a much broader topic well, than a narrow little thing like diamonds, Well, and it's right? also much more widely sort of accepted or at least understood. Like, I don't think there's too many people, as you said earlier, that are just completely in the dark about the concepts. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So but then, I mean, in, in any case, I think if you're kind of really, it's, it's the on the fence people that you'd care about. Yeah. Right. That's the only people that can be moved really. So if someone's not put a lot of thought into it, are there a lot of people like that? Maybe not. And is that movie going to do it? I don't know. Well, I would, yeah, these things are just minor shifts. They'll never do it. Nothing ever does it in terms of, oh, okay. I, I now realize that men have had it easy and have been in a position of power and women have had to serve them largely, you know, and not getting credit for even it didn't really go into that either. That whole aspect of like the woman scientist that did the calculations for NASA and nobody gave her an award or anything, all, all that stuff. But all I'm saying is that when a movie presents this kind of stuff, it didn't hit me over the head. Yeah, no, they, I didn't yeah. feel like, Oh man, this is trying to convert me. Oh, this is painful. Yeah. And I think that's smart. Like if you are on a mission, the most important thing you can do is not look like you're on a mission. No, I mean, they're, they're also in business. Like, yeah. Margot Robbie included and, and Greta Gerwig and it's not like they're going, but that's, that's part of why it is. It's, it's a money-making exercise. Yeah, it's right? part of why it's the first thing you do. First of all, if you are on a mission to send a certain message, the worst thing you can do is hit somebody over the head with it. And secondly, yeah. if you want to make money, the worst thing you can do is hit somebody over the head with whatever, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, Fox news thought that they were hitting people over the head. Oh, were they unhappy about this movie? Oh my in God. Foxland, that makes sense. It does, yeah. Oh, I think in 
Republican land. In yeah. Republican well, right. Well, that's who they're still serving, right? Yeah. So. yeah. Interesting. I just wanted to add one more thing to Barbie rather than having the editor having to pull it all the way forward is just, I really want to hear Susan's perspective on it. Cause I was curious. I was a little bit on defense there. Like, was she, was she asking us in hopes that, you know, us men would get. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. I, I'll have a copy of this. I'll get her to listen to this section yeah, and, and, and yeah. we'll, we'll stop and start. So Susan, we're looking for your, we're looking for your feedback. What did you get out of it? Were you hoping that we got something out of it or were you just curious because it's such a great movie and you wanted to know or yeah. Yeah. I wonder if she was looking for like, if we were offended, threatened, offended, anything. Is she viewing this as, Oh, this is something that we'd learn from or is she viewing it? Like, how do you guys in your frames of mind take all this? You know Susan better than any of us, KJ. What do you do? You have any thoughts on that, or like? Oh, I think she'd just be fascinated by this whole conversation. Mm, yeah, yeah. Just, just to see what she she knows how she felt about it. How did we feel about it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess partly I'm afraid of being told I am a massive sexist pig because I could be. Aha. Uh-huh. I kind of don't want to hear it if I am. I don't mm, think you are. Scared. I don't think so either, but I might be. Actually, I don't think I'm she just not defensive about either. that kind of stuff. You're <laughs> just comfortable in your massive sexist pigginess. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, but we we all we all do our best to improve, right? Yeah. So all I think is things are relative. Now, if someone hits me over the head with, yeah, my back would get up pretty quick. Yeah. But there's no way Susan's going to do that. I don't think so either. I, I worry about it, but I don't really think it. I'll tell you though. So I went to potluck with the dance ladies the other day, mm-hmm. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Somebody brought their husband who can speak English so that I would have somebody to talk to. Pretty sure that was what it was. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he and I sat outside and mostly looked at our phones for about an hour and a half while they kikied inside about this, that, and the other. But the thing I was going to mark on is when we was time to pick up after dinner, you know, okay. So I started picking up bowls and putting the cutlery and plates and chaw scraping and, you know, so then I go out in the kitchen and I said, okay, does this go in here? Is this the recycle? And somebody said... This is for women. You go outside and, and uh, relax. That's so interesting. And I just thought, holy shit. Holy yeah. shit. And it was no kidding either. Yeah. It was just fully, not hostile, but just don't, ha- you don't have to pretend that you are able or want to do any of this shit. Just that's go sit outside and relax. I thought it was just wild. And I guess it's just, that's the way it is. Well, it's, yeah. And that, that was the way in our culture, that's the way it would have been, um, up till I'd say mostly the seventies, maybe sixties yeah. heavily, right? Makes me wonder what they think about me dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Cultures move along though. Whatever anyone thinks is the correct thing yeah. for now, yeah. it's completely incorrect thirty years from now. Yeah. Including the most wokest of the woke, thirty years from now all a lot of their behaviors will look like really bad. Yeah. Somehow we managed to get through that. I There was some bloodshed, but not a lot. And I'm not talking about Buddy. Uh, we're here at the end. I hope you had fun. I hope we had fun. I hope we get to do it again, too. And we will. So if you got stuff you want us to talk about, let us know. If you got thoughts about what we did talk about, let us know. If you want to come in here and talk to us directly, let us know. Just keep us in your lives. That's all we ask. Take care of yourselves. Talk soon.